So I want to start the service with a little history, starting with uh, Impact Rock's launch party at the Erie Community Center. Like tonight, it was a celebration, and I remember it very clearly, as it was my family and I's first service at Impact Rock Church. I was sitting about this far back from the front as I am now that night, and it was a huge crowd. It was about 180 people. There was a lot of excitement in the air and energy. It was a very exciting day for Impact Rock Church, but it was also an exciting day for my family as well. We'd been looking for a church home for about three years, and we'd gone to a number of different places. We'd tried a lot of different churches, and in fact, one church we stayed at for nearly a year, but we just never really felt at home. So as we walked through the door of the community center, you can see it in that upper picture there, we hadn't even gotten but three or four steps down the hall when God spoke. And he said, very simply, you're home. We'd not met a single person. We'd not experienced a worship service. We'd never heard Mark preach, but God was clear. We were home, and we felt it. When God spoke, we felt like we were at home. It was a great service. My kids loved it. The search was finally over. We'd been to so many places, and we'd finally found our home. But then the next week when we came back, it was clear that we'd been victim of the old bait-and-switch. My family and I were five of 18 people at the next week's service. <laughs> I'm not joking. 18 people. 18. I'm fairly certain that my family were the only ones there that weren't either leading worship, teaching children's church, preaching, or in some way, shape, or form a part of the team that was leading the service. It kind of felt like a service just for my family. Many people probably would have never came back. i got to admit, it was a little awkward. But we didn't leave. So why is that? Why didn't we leave? It was a little awkward. But there's a few reasons. Firstly, because God spoke. When God speaks, you listen. And he said we were home. We didn't mishear him. And secondly, it was clear that God had big plans for this church. Because this church, friends, is all about Jesus. The 18 people at the service that week lifted high the name of Jesus in worship. My kids were loved on in children's church. And Mark brought the word. And he brought the word with the same passion that he had the week prior with 180 people in the room. Matthew 18:20 says, For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. God was there with us. Worship is for Him. doesn't matter how big the crowd is. It's between you and God. And the gospel preached, even if it only hears one set of ears, is a fruitful effort, not a fruitless effort. It's worthwhile, even if only one hears it. And I know definitively that even if my family had not been there and it was just the team and, and Mark and, and the worship team, Service would have happened anyway. It was kind of a, a service just for my family, but service would have happened whether we were there or not. I know that the Word of God would have been preached. His name would have been lifted high. And that's why we stayed. That and because God told us we were home. God had called us to this church, 
And this church was all about him, and it still is. Impact Rock started small. It wasn't 18 people for long, though. God is faithful to grow his church, and he did just that. We started seeing more and more families come. And it's a good thing, too, because for those of us that were around, you'll remember that meeting in the community center meant that we had to pack in and out every week. So how many of you guys remember this? That was the beginning of the mad dash to get all our stuff out of the community center. <laughs> and it went something like this. Don't worry. You just keep ministering. Don't worry about what's going on around you. You know, We won't trip over you. It's cool. Just keep doing what you're doing. Okay, we need cords over here. Speakers. So who's got this? Oh, the drums. Oh, my gosh. The drums are still here. We still got to get the drums out. Let's go. It was crazy, guys. It was hard to do that with 18 people. So I'm glad God grew the church. For some of us that were around then, hearing this message reminds us of that mad dash that I just spoke of. And it reminds me, you know, that me that, of that as well. But you know what it really makes me think of? It reminds me of the completion of another service of Impact Rock Church in Erie. Another service where, like me, some might have found their new church home, or even more importantly, where others who were still lost came to know Jesus as their Savior and Lord. Reminds me of God's goodness. Many families were added to our body in that time while we were meeting there. And we've got a good number of testimonies to share as a result. But for now, we'll just share one of them with you. Thank you, Hawk, for being willing and doing that. That's awesome. We appreciate it. Um, read with me, if you will, for a minute. Uh, Hebrews 6, 1 through 3. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instructions about baptisms, about the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so... God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So something Hawk said um, in his video there, uh, he now looks at himself as the link to another person being saved. And I love that. That was awesome. That's a very, that's a very good way to put it. Um, and as I was preparing, what I, I got assigned talking about the present, <laughs> you know, and talking about what's going on right now at Impact Rock Church. And the thing that God kept bring into my mind is maturity. Over the last year, year and a half, God has matured this church so much. And I think God wants us to just take a step back and, and thank him and, help, and just realize all the things that he has done for us individually and as a body over the past year, year and a half. So I want to take you back about, well, about 15 months ago, October 2013. Mark announced that he was going to be starting a series on the book of James. It was called Vital Christianity. And 26 messages later, we finished <laughs> that series on James. And so, obviously, when Mark started the series, he didn't know it was going to be 26 messages long. He didn't know that. 
But what he did know is that God had imparted on his heart this desire to mature our church, this desire to dive into what it really takes, to, that base Christianity, the base, um, yeah, what it takes to be a, a vital Christian. And so because of that, we are now in a season where I feel like we are primed for growth. We're primed for people feeding instead of people being fed when they're here on Saturday. And this church needed that. We needed that growth. We needed that maturation process to take place. Because I, I'd, be, I'd be lying, honestly, if I had said over the last year, year and a half, that we've seen this abundant growth in terms of numbers. Because we haven't. Because that's not what God wanted to do. He wanted to mature our hearts first. He wanted to make sure that our hearts, our minds, our vision, our desire was focused on Him first before bringing others into the fold. That was intentional. His timing is awesome. And so we now have this have this passion about this Holy Spirit uh, series that's coming up. And we couldn't have flipped those series. We couldn't have had the Holy Spirit series if we were not this strong, mature, foundational church. I love the fact that Hawk got up and he just talked about how much he has matured over the last few years. And that's what it's all about, right? It's about seeing people grow in Christ. And we're so excited. We're so excited for you guys to be deacons in a couple weeks. Um, but I think God really wanted us to just step back and just think about something. Friends, check your hearts. Are Are you a better father, a better mother, a better sister, a better co-worker, a better wife, a better husband than you were a couple years ago? Because I can't answer that question for all of you. I can answer it for me, and I know that I am. I know that God has matured me in terms of being a better father, a better husband, a better boss, a better co-worker, because he made it important for us to go through that 26 you know, message long series um, and really dive into everything that God had for us to be a mature church. So that's that's really what God wants us to focus on. Not, not you know, spend a bunch of time celebrating specific instances, but just the fact that He has molded your heart to point that you are now ready to just let go and let Him have your, let Him have His way with your future, Him have your, His way with your heart, and with the vision that this church has wholeheartedly. After being reminded about a 26-week series, now I want to stretch the Holy Spirit out. Let's, man, let's, we can do it. We can hit 27, baby. Uh, well, thanks again for coming tonight. I'm hoping to bring an encouraging word to each person here. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the future. Uh, if you if you haven't met Andy and Brad before, they're the other two pastors at Impact Rock. Uh, elders, pastors, overseers, bishops, it's, it's the same word. They're pastors. Um, and we are thrilled that last year that we saw the ordination of these men as pastors and that our team grew in, in what it did because 
It's never our intention that a single man stand up here and get the glory. And, and that's just that's not who we are. I, I don't know what the Lord has in store, how much He's going to grow us, but this church is all about Jesus Christ. And you've heard it and you heard it in the video, but you needed to hear it again from me. And he talked about the past. And sometimes it's good to remember the past. And not just the positive of the past. Sometimes it's good to remember all things about the past. So that we can be intentional about giving thought to how much the Lord has been faithful in our lives. And that we can give thanks to a faithful God. I, I know it hurts to kind of think about the things of the past that are hurtful. But then when we instantly give God glory and say, look where he's taken me from, that, that pain fades and our hearts get filled with hope. I'm glad I'm not the same man that I was last year. I'm glad I'm not, my family's glad I'm not the same man I was last year. My kids are glad I'm not the same man I was last year. I'm glad I'm not the boy I once was. Uh, a handful of years ago, um, in my home, we had uh, the re- uh, rehearsal dinner for my sister and uh, my brothers uh, for, for their wedding rehearsal. And my Uncle Jack was in town. And he, he did kind of a little wedding faux pas. He, for a brief minute, a couple of odd minutes, he, he took the attention off the bride and he actually put it on me. And here was why. Because I haven't been around my Uncle Jack in decades. And, uh, and so he, he stood up there and said, I got something to say, and we're kind of giving toast, toasting James Namey, and he gets up and he goes, Mark, um, it is so good to see you living for Jesus. And it is so good to see you preaching. And he's like, you guys don't understand. When, when, and I'm, I'm avoiding the southern accents, you know, but I'll give the southern, I'll give a little southern accent. You know, he's like, when Mark was a boy, um, Mark had the devil in him. <laughs> and, and people laughed, and he goes, uh, no, Mark had the devil in him, and and he said that boy was wild, and I didn't know what was going to what was going to happen to Mark. But to see him up here just talking about Jesus and how he's grown, that does my heart good. And then all the attention went back to James and Amy. So I want to take this moment to encourage every parent in this place of a wild child to just keep praying, just keep pointing them to Jesus. And even if you think they got the devil in them, um, you know, just keep trusting the Lord and keep raising them up in that way and. Yeah, and we'll be good. Thank God I'm not who I once was. And friends, you've grown as well. Thank God. Each one of us are growing, maturing. You know, healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. My marriage should be growing. My family should be maturing. Healthy things grow. Brad stood up here and and talked about the present, talked about maturity. Our God is a faithful God. But it requires a yielded heart. It requires a hungry heart. It requires a willingness to let God have His way. Now I stand up here to encourage you with the future. Our God is big. And so are the plans that He has for each one of us. So are the plans he has for Impact Rock Church, but we're going to set that aside. Our God is big, and so are the plans that he has for you. If you're married, the plans he has for your marriage, for your family, 
1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, It is written, Things which eye has not seen, and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love Him. I love being reminded of the promises of God. I love looking in the Word of God and, and hearing about blessing and promises. But friends, every blessing and every promise that's in the Word of God is dependent upon loving Him. There's a theme that the Lord put on my heart tonight. And that's the theme of release and catch. Not catch and release. If you're, if you're an outdoorsman and a fisherman, you're, you might be familiar with catch and release. You are familiar with catch and release. That's not what the Lord's speaking. It's release and catch. Those unimagined blessings that we just read in that passage. The unheard of goodness of God. The things that our heart hasn't yet grabbed a hold of. They're reserved for those who love God. And friends, when we talk about the love of God to us and we talk about our response with the love for Him, we are not talking about a noun. We are talking about a verb. We're talking about action. Love is an action. Love is a verb. The love that God showed us, friends, wasn't just spoken or sang about or put in a $5.99 cart. It was demonstrated. It was demonstrated by an obedient son and a loving father who sent that son. And our love for God, likewise, just can't be with our mouth. It just can't be something that we go, oh yeah, here, yeah, I love God. Absolutely, I love God. I'm American. I love God. It's got to be demonstrated. Our love for Jesus is only truly expressed when we are actively living for him. But how does that living expression begin? That love begins with grabbing his hand, embracing his heart, throwing our arms around a loving God. But before we do this, something first has to be done. Release. Release. The release of what? The release of our shameful past, even if that shameful past was yesterday. The release of our our comfortable capabilities. This is what defines me. This is what I'm known as. Are you willing to release it so you can be known as something else? The release of our sinful shame. The release of our own Forms of goodness. Because friends, our forms of goodness don't measure up. Our our forms of goodness doesn't earn us our salvation. For in fact, it doesn't earn us anything. The release of these things and more is absolutely necessary. As we read this passage together, I'm going to be preaching out of Philippians 3. I want you to visualize the release of of these things I've mentioned. I want you to visualize the release of of the things that even maybe now that the Holy Spirit's put on your heart to just surrender and to let go and to release to Him. And I'd like you to, much like the release of a a monkey bar 
in kind of grabbing the next rung or a trapeze to grab the next one there. I want you to kind of have the same imagery of release. So let's read from Philippians chapter 3. I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. Verse 7, Philippians 3, 7. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. And here's that point where the release takes place. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. We get a little further away. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish. Maybe now is a little, little kiss goodbye, a little salute as we kind of continue to fade. So that I might gain Christ. Friends, what is our next action here? What's our next action here? Where do we look now? Forward? What's our next action? What do we do with, with our hands? What do we do with our arms? What do we do with our strength? What do we do with our might? Let me suggest that we don't just look forward, but we look upward. Verse 8 says, And count them but lost, so that I might gain Christ, and may be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, derived from my ability to do good, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Friends, we don't just look forward, but we look upward. And let me declare this. When we release, our next action is not to turn and look to grab. When we release, our next action is to look upward and trust. So you're sitting there, you're telling me not to do anything with my own strength. Yes. Not yet. Not yet. First things first. There's a time and a place for everything. So yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. When we've released and we let go, I'm asking not to do anything in your own strength, but to find yourself in the arms of a loving God. But what about that next rung? Catch and release. I've released. Now i got to catch. Oh, you thought in that releasing catch that, that you did both things. That you released and then... No. You release. I release. And then Jesus does the catching. Jesus does the catching. Friends, before we move forward and press on and endure and reach for anything, we have to be caught by Him. This passage talks about us being found in Him. It is not about our strength and our work and our might and our ability to grab and cling. It is our ability to relinquish control 
and to look up and go, I trust you. Or to joyfully do it. I'd be like, some of you guys are like, woo! You know, and just... We release and Jesus catches. Our first action of love for God is a simultaneous release of our past, release of our shame, release of our assets, release of our strength, release those defining things about us and being caught by Him and finding ourselves in Him. And they both take place at that moment of trust. And friends, there is no one without the other. Verse 12. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also, what? I was laid hold of. Friends, we got no business moving forward to the next thing until the first. And that first is letting God lay hold of our lives. Letting God lay hold of us. I forgot to mention, and let me just be clear, we've got to let go of control too. We've got to release control too. We can't just let Him be our Savior by catching us from that fall. We've got to let Him be our Lord by saying, I give you control. I give you my life. You get the drive. You get the wheel. You get the reins. First argument Karen and I ever got in when we were first married was in the grocery store because I was pushing and apparently I wasn't pushing right. I wasn't pushing fast enough or I was going too fast or whatever. And so she just kind of took it from me and I'm like, no, no, baby, the man drives. <laughs> you know, so I kind of moved back over and that we had a little fight right there in the grocery store. But it was a little bit of giving control. We didn't want to give up, give up control. Friends, we've got to give control to an awesome, loving God. We release control of our lives, making Him Lord. We let Him catch us, making Him our Savior, and there is no one without the other. But you know what's awesome? We get the way, way better into that deal. Church, the Holy Spirit only brings up our past to propel us to our future. Isn't that cool? I heard Steve share that at their anniversary service. The Holy Spirit only brings up our past in order to propel us to our future. Release and catch. Verse 13 says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God where? In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Friends, we first got to find ourselves in Christ Jesus. We don't claim the prize or even see the goal until we are first found in Christ Jesus. Then and only then can we move forward. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We 
do press on. We do grab a hold. We do then at some point get filled with courage and strength and press on and we do act because we love the Lord and love is an action. We do do that. But friends, first things first. We let Him be our strength. We let Him be our Lord and Savior. We find ourselves in Him. Then when we find that place, you know what's awesome? We have this uncontrollable goal. I'm, hear me. When we find ourselves in Him, we have this uncontrollable goal of sharing. Of sharing. Of wanting other people to have what you have. Of wanting other people to know a, an awesome God and a mighty risen Savior, Jesus Christ. We have a desire for other people to be impacted by Jesus Christ being fully lived out in us. See, we, we, we have... We have goals. There are prizes. And we have calls. Have you ever been tormented by your past? If you've been tormented by your past, then friends, I don't have to tell you, release is a prize. Release is a prize. It's a prize. It's a treasure. We get to let go. Being caught by a loving God is a prize. And moving forward in the things of the Lord and being used by Him and being included in His plans is humbling and it's an awesome prize. You guys, I'm not here to stand up here and talk about the future of Impact Rock Church. It, this is God's church. This is, this is His church. It's not in our church. It's in my church. This is God's church. Uh, we can't fail. We can't fail. We can't lose. It's His church. He's going to grow it. We're blessed. Done. Take it to the bank. Period. So we're not talking about the future of Impact Rock Church. We're talking about the future of our lives as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ. God wants you to release control. Release the past. Friends, God wants you to release the things that are so wonderful about you. I hope that doesn't sound too strange. But I think you know the things I'm talking about. The things that make you accepted. The things that you think make you likable. The things that you think bring you honor. The things that you think are what make you respected. No, friends. We don't just release them the heaviness of the past. We release them those things as well. We have to trust God. Now here's what's cool. God uses our strength. God uses things. But once again, I give Him my all. I release. And then I'm caught. And I move forward. And I experience joys. Things beyond what I haven't imagined. And I've got an awesome imagination. Very big imagination. And God's got things to go beyond my imagination, what I've imagined or heart, or what my heart has grabbed a hold of. That's what God has for each and every one of us. You guys, there are key strategic parts that God has asked us to play. And just so we know, not, not a single person in this room, you know, I honored several pastors, not a pastor in this room, not the combination of every pastor in this room can fulfill those things that he has called to the, the whole 
of this group right here. You see, because th- there's certain people that they'll hear a word brought from, from this young lady right here. But they'll shut me out. But because of what she's walking out and what she's been through and who she is and the faithfulness of God in her life, they'll hear everything she has to say. And they'll tell me to go pound sand. We all have a role to play. I want God to be glorified in my marriage. I want people to, I want people to see my marriage. I want people to be inspired by my marriage. I want people to ask me about my marriage so that I can then share Jesus Christ with them. Because see, what they're not drawn to, they're not just drawn to my marriage, they're, they're drawn to Christ through my marriage. And when they come, now I get to point them to Jesus and say, it's a lot of hard work, but thank God I'm not doing it alone. What do you mean? Thank God I got Jesus. If Impact Rock Church is your home church, then you too have been called to some very key operations. Very key operations. Impact Rock has been called to the strategies of hurting the lost, or seeing the hurting and the lost of this town come to know Jesus. People who are without hope, of pointing them to Jesus and seeing them have hope. Of bringing Jesus. of being quick to pray, quick to encourage, quick to share life. And we're not the only ones called to that. Thank God. But I will say this. If you call Impact Rock your home, I am thrilled and honored and excited and giddy with excitement for the future because we get to do it together. Let's pray.